Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Beyond the Board. Uh, it's your hosts, Drew LeBaron, uh, my boys Colin and Juan. Um, what good? How are you boys doing this week? I'm going to try it again. How are we doing? Dude, feeling good. We're it, bouncing back from last week. It was rough last <laughs> week, but we're here. We're alive. We're vibing. Good, good. Glad to hear. Juan? I shaved my head. Yeah! <laughs> short I'll hair. Uh, yeah, short hair. Short hair era. Uh, I'll let you determine whatever answer that means. Yeah, short, office, <laughs> short hair Juan has entered the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's and just for like frame of reference, go. it was beyond his... It was chin level, wasn't it? Like, it was... It was uh, past my shoulders. I yeah, like, I like the beyond throw in there. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, beyond, yeah. beyond, beyond, beyond yeah, the hair, you know beyond the, the beyond the barber shop featuring Juan. <laughs> uh, oh my god, that would actually be a dope podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get me any idea. You might lose another host. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Uh, Pat, Pat, pending. It's trademarked by me, so you have to have my permission. So I can't use it. No. Damn. Okay. <laughs> um, it has to be an absurd amount of money. It was a big freaking week, fellas. Not only was it Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Hell yeah. It was Cinco de Mayo and Mother's Day. What a and wild... And of Madness came out. Yeah, what a wild freaking week, guys. We made it. We made it through a wild eventful week. Um, also, promising no spoilers, have you guys seen Multiverse yet? No, I have not. I saw, oh it, I saw it opening night. Oh um, my God. All, I will say, all I will say, Drew, have you ever seen... Uh, anything by Sam Raimi. AKA I was gonna say, dude. People dead. Um, I, I I don't know. Tell me some common ones so I don't have, have to. Have you never seen Evil Dead? Keyboard. No. You're gonna make me oh, sound yeah. like such a sheltered nerd, dude. Dude, no, it's fine. literally no, no, it's just... like if Evil Dead and the original Spider-Man trilogy had a baby and we put Doctor Strange in there. Oh, so okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. I when you started talking about this, I had no clue what you're talking about. This is the new Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm with you now. Okay, cool. That looks dope. Yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> see that sometimes. <laughs> Short-haired Juan and Drew have finally entered chat. <laughs> oh man. Well, maybe I should just cut all this out and restart. Oh, welcome no, back. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Be <laughs> mad. Comedy gold, and you don't lose that. Oh man. So it was good then. Though. I need to go. Yeah, see it was it. good. All I'm saying is before, um, it'll make you'll like it more if you yeah. like people dead. Okay. If you have an appreciation for like his films, because it'll it was, make more sense. Good question. Very good. So I'll be real. I kind of fell off the MCU after um, Endgame. No, wh- this last Spider-Man movie. What, I oh, what um, it's called. Far From Home. So, does yeah. that even count as falling off from the MCU? Because literally the only other thing that's come out is Doctor Strange. Let me let me rephrase that. I haven't seen any of the TV shows um, that they've done. Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, so TV shows I've, don't really. I mean, WandaVision kinda. That's what I was but gonna they say. Don't really reference it. Okay. They don't yeah, really that's reference the it. only. That's so far the only TV show that's ever been required watching. Okay, cool. But I have and heard they're like, worth it's watching. Not a requirement. I have heard they're worth watching. I just haven't gone oh, yeah. to it. Um, I think the Loki one looks good. I've seen one episode of that, and it was. Hilarious. I guess Loki is also technically required watching. We just don't know in what context just yet. Okay. Yeah, cool. it, it kind of ties in with everything that's going on, but we don't know so far. Yeah, the the two the two that are definitely going to set it up uh, would be WandaVision technically leads right into Multiverse of Madness, and then 
Loki leads into we don't know yet, but it's gonna cool. have some very big Okay. Movies. Cool. And this is gonna, gonna be a spoiling anything. This is and gonna I, be I a shameless segue into Druid. Yeah. I was gonna say this is a shameless segue into Druid, but did you hear that they literally might make a um like tearaway show for alligator Loki? I don't uh, I don't I even would. know what that means. <laughs> you won't and I don't wanna explain it to you because you just need to see it. Okay, yeah. Cool, cool. Anything? All I'll say is I'm I will in... throw every single cent I earn. <laughs> and I, on that note of alligator Loki. Before you get into it, I love Tom Hiddleston. So anything I can get more of that man, I'm gonna watch it. It's oh, just, yeah, it's yeah. just you, taking. I'm, me a I'm surprised you haven't watched it, dude. I, I am too. I, yeah, like I, I said, would say, honestly, probably one of his best performances in <laughs> okay. this universe. Okay, cool. These, here's the thing. I like. I do want to watch it, and it's like every time I sit down to watch it, there's just other things that are going on, like the NBA playoffs. <laughs> you know, I can't. <laughs> or you know, two kids. Yeah, two kids. Uh, yeah, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, they take up quite a bit of my time too, plus work and all that nonsense. But it is on my to-do list. So, and this, but this is wonderful. Not saying the other stuff isn't wonderful. I love my kids, guys. Um, but like, it's Colin. Okay. Sorry, one final thing. I will say, I love my <clears throat> older brother. Uh, but he has three kids, and he to this day st- he's married with three kids, and to this day still says the Bad Bunny concert was the best night of his life. Nice. Nice. So, that's I'll let you take it away. Uh, thank, you, thank you. Thank you. I, we'll move from I mean, right hey, there. You said money. Yeah, you true. said money. True. True. <laughs> um, so, we are talking about Druid. If you haven't guessed it with the subtle comments we've been throwing around here, um, or if you're a fan of D&D and been following along in the book, it's the next alphabetical character. So, way to go. Congratulations, guys. Um, you picked up. We're not you, that you pick, smart. You, We're picked just going it, you picked it right freaking up. Um, and <laughs> Druids are cool. I guess they could turn into animals. <laughs> I think elementals. That's about my extent of the knowledge. Straight before. up shit on, shit on druids. <laughs> Here, right into it. Here's my All thing. Right. Here, here's my yeah, thing. Before getting into this, I have to say this is my least desired class to play. Really? Yeah, I don't really understand the hype of it, and I get like if you like animals, sure, cool, and like I like animals. Were you never a zoo nerd? Well, I was a zoo nerd in the fact of Zoo Tycoon on the computer back in like 2003 yeah, no, not the same, man. <laughs> if you didn't have those like weird ass books that had the commercials like every animal had its own book see i think I anyone did. know what i'm talking about it's ringing yes, subtle bells but like i don't know i just don't get the hype behind druids and i get they're strong trust me i do especially after reading this the whole circle the moon bullshit it going up to full health, health health bar and like getting all this like stats of like mad ass wild I'm animals druids are broken the, and then, i love like, how angry like this is a very flip drew <laughs> we're seeing on this episode well, like usually just... like yeah there's, there's some good in this okay. class like it's just like nah there's no they're, they're just kind of nuts like they're kind of broken and that's the first time chaotic. i've used that word in this series is that like they could be at two health wild shape into a mother effing elephant and be at like 95 hp again and just work their way through it and it's kind of remember and they get their multi-attacks do you remember uh the the campaign that i played a druid that you were dming and i love your druid tpk'd you almost tpk'd the party yeah except for you bro what happened was for the audience is we walked into a room had low perception didn't know and walked right into i don't remember if it was a trap or if it was like an ice dragon 
or something, but we walked into a room and the three of us, because it was a three-person party, would have died. But then Drew said, I'm going to be nice. Juan, how many uses of Wild Shape do you have left? And I said, I have one more. And he goes, the hair stands up in the back of your head and you instinctively transform into a dog. Or you said some random ass animal yeah, just yeah. so that I wouldn't die and bring back the other two. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they did. And he did. He survived. And he popped right into Druid and they from the animal that I said. And some of the damage carried over because that's the rules and we'll get into it and then he resurrected the other two and effed up my dragon so it um get at us looking back in hindsight f these dudes i should have killed them all while i had the chance but what do you what do you do i wanted the story to go on was, i was gonna say it was a cool arc yeah things that's- were building it was just it was we were you know victims to a failed perception score and then he decided to be a homie so he yeah. might talk shit but remember it was all his idea <laughs> it is it is and let's well, be, all- with my venting out of the way <laughs> let's let's talk about the good side of druids okay not my ptsd of failed saves being successes so my, my other comment i would say is I, the reason i think you're not that drawn to it is this is gonna sound a little weird. That's You're the okay. straightest person I've ever met. That's okay? fine. That's and fine. Druid is very gay. <laughs> so it makes sense that this class and you would be on very opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. That... That's not. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. It's not. You, you know, you it's not. Happy relationship. Your wife is great. You know. It's just yeah. Yeah. You're, You're a straight man, and that's fine. That's so, so it makes total sense <laughs> that you would want nothing to do with Druid because that's just not you. It's not. You just. You yeah. just... I guess. Like, there's nothing. I guess. In... You don't get gayer in D&D than playing, than playing a tiefling druid. <laughs> Am I uh, wrong? No, you're not You're not wrong. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing, you know? Because you could that's, that's my argue bard, but bards just that. fuck everything no holds. Like, <laughs> no, bards are for the pansexuals, druids yeah. are for the gays. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. Man, I'm so, so glad that everyone has their representation in this game. So, <laughs> play Dungeons & Dragons, dude. Equality for life. Um... Mm. And so druids are cool in the fact that they can turn into animals. That's the draw to it. They're very, very naturistic um, of the wild for the wild and the balance between those things. And in the druids spells, like the main bread and butter of it, the main feature is their wild shape. We've kind of already briefly talked about it, but throughout their levels, uh, leveling a druid, they gain access to different animals that they can turn into. Starting at level two is when they first get access to wild shape. And then through that, they're able to turn into, I think, like uh, one-fourth challenge rating. Nothing big. I think the best thing they can turn into is like a wolf at level two. Yeah. Uh, But it slowly gets bigger. Like They get access to huge animals and animals like that can an fly yeah an elephant animals that can fly animals that can be very small like a, a, a literal fly swim underwater <laughs> yeah so they can swim crazy stuff and they are so here's the thing i am not drawn to druids but i am a very big utility player that's why i love bards and wizards and i have to argue that the two most utility classes in the game is wizard and druid and i'll stand by that druids can do anything wizards can and be more situational than wizards can i would say they're probably tied no lie i'll put that i'll put that down with money because that was one of my favorite things about druid sorry to cut you off no you're good it's like you roll up on a castle it's like hey are we sieging this you want me to scout ahead what do you want to do yeah and like you could argue oh drew uh wizards have fine familiar just send your spectral familiar through there 
you're right, cool. But uh, what happens if they get caught or anti- hit an anti-magic spell? Pukha, they're done, you know? And yeah. for those who didn't know what that was, it was pukha, okay? Um, and, <laughs> yes, that, but, that's common knowledge, come but, on. But druids, it's like, yeah, bro, you see that window up there? Little crack, no problem. Fly up there Turn as an eagle. Spider. Turn As soon as he gets up there, use another wild shape. Spider, crawl through, start scouting around. Crawl back out, jump down. Pop back into human form, cast feather fall, glide to the bottom. Like, what more situational can you get? It's like, okay, well, there's no surprises in D&D anymore. Just play a druid. That's all. Yeah. That's all you need to do. Um, Even then, I have to. I have to do say that wasn't very effective. Why would you waste two wild shapes? Like, because you only get two. Why would you waste two to get to the window? I would just start as the spider Tr- and just climb Leave up. True, one. true. And, 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 and Juan is the use. druid player, so there you go. <laughs> he he knows. And um, but that those are type of things that he they can do. Um, so like we always talk about um, saving throws with druid, which I actually found pretty interesting, and I don't actually agree with. Um, and maybe you guys could shed some light on it. Why their proficiencies are these? But the proficiency for one, wisdom, I should say saving throws, which I get. You have to, they're a wisdom spell caster. Yeah. They're able to connect with nature. There's wisdom and understanding the world and the universe and how it all kind of works with the life and death cycle. I get that. The second one is an intelligence, which I don't agree with. And that's what I was going to say. I was like, my, if, if I could build it, you guys can obviously throw your flavor into it. But in my opinion, I feel like it should be wisdom because they're not, sometimes they're not the most intelligent, like you said, Drew, like they just get the way the world works and that's more wisdom in my opinion. Okay, maybe I was being too harsh because that's not what I meant, but you're saying I call what I said was that they're, they understand the world and there's wisdom in that. Colin took it as they're dumb. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, stupid. Oh well, gosh. I'm not saying they're <laughs> stupid. I'm just saying they're more of like they they don't care to read books and figure out that type of shit. They're just more and, in tune with making the uh, the nature work. Yeah, but you can you can argue um that you don't need to read a book to be smart. No, it's you true. Uh, they, the, they uh, wizards so wizards are in, get intelligent here. because they study. They study their papers, like their books, whatever, scrolls, whatever the hell. Yeah. You could argue that much like a library of like spells to wizard is what the was what nature is to druids. Yeah, and it's, it's a, pretty much straight smarts to book smarts. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. It's a typical comparison between between the two. Wizards study about how the world works. Druids live and understand Listen. how the world works through living. Like, what's a better than Mother Nature? Exactly. And well, so, I think my, my round out is uh, dexterity. See, I was going to say constitution because in the whole Druid vibe, they're very much of nature for the nature. Why would they ever want to live in a metropolitan area? They yeah. want to be out in the wilds, and with that comes constitution. You have to be able to survive harsh winters, harsh environments. Sure, you can turn into an animal, but even then, you somewhat have to be have a high constitution to trying to get humped by another moose. You know, like it's just Isn't gonna happen. Based on constitution, it's wisdom. So again, oh. I have and I agree. I agree with you. I definitely think it makes more sense. It should be constitution and wisdom. Those definitely fit. I will say though. The counter argument is Druid would be even more busted I if know. you gave them proficiency in constitution because and they're already hardy talkers. Yes, it, like just giving them constitution in a saving throw with Circle of the Moon, that dude's not dying whatsoever. Ever. Yeah, and so I get the 
mechanics behind it, but come on, Wizard of the Coast. I was able to agree with you up to four classes, and now I'm like, okay, Constitution, why isn't that in there? But that makes sense. Balance reasons, or we'd all play That's druids. the only excuse I could think of, is is they did it for a balance reason, and even then, it's still very imbalanced. <laughs> right, and I, and I agree with you. I do. And I always chuckle at myself at those ranked um, articles where it ranks <laughs> all the classes, that there's like, druids, like, eight. I'm like, you boys don't play, you're just writing articles for clout. No, yeah. druids, like, number two, for sure. So... that article is written by a straight person. <laughs> <clears throat> uh Moving on. <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer, I date women. <laughs> and that's why they I don't, don't date play me, druids. But... <laughs> I'm just very in touch with my other, with my feminine side. <laughs> well, that's how we've gone from druids to just a uh, ally ad on this episode. <laughs> um, but druids on, are... your local resident ally. <laughs> druid player. Mainly and, Claire. A defender of the druids. Religious, I'm, when I'm not religious, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another t-shirt. <laughs> okay, so uh, straight face. Druids. <laughs> druids. Druids are cool for those reasons. Druids are um uh excitingly enough a full spell casting class which they don't play like one. They're yeah. very much in the fray because of their wild shape abilities dodging in and out using it as survival purposes whatever but they do get up to ninth level casting which is kind of crazy they're like the only full martial-esque uh spell casting um class because the rest of them are kind of pretty squishy and also lose concentration and whatnot when they get into the fray druids kind of live in that gray area between both because yeah their constant uh concentration abilities kind of fail when they get damaged by the same time oh spells casting's not gonna work i'm a saber tooth tire bro let's do this you know so (laughs) it's kind of like the in between um yeah what i know i kind of rushed right through that without asking you guys what were your semi takeaways from reading the class The, the one that i always forget about because like we bring up almost every time we talk about class builds once you get into the higher level stuff like it's just kind of rare to get that far beast spells yeah being able to cast spells in your animal form is so like again just so fucking busted to add on to this character i mean it's late level so you're pretty much busted by then anyway yeah but, but it's still it's still cool like i think you're only could you imagine to... an elephant throwing a fireball out of its trunk oh dude no that's exactly or a tiny spider crawling behind enemy lines going to a munitions like a munitions thing and then throwing the fireball <laughs> but no one noticed jeez oh, or, or or you obviously see where Juan and I differ as we play druid <laughs> or when I was DMing Strahd and I kept turning into a fucking bat <laughs> yeah and then throwing oh, yeah. fireballs behind me granted yeah, he would have to that. change back but like still imagine if he didn't have to change out of the bat form seriously yeah. So yeah, beast spells definitely is busted. You're uh, you're only able to cast spells with a verbal component, which is kind of nice. They can't like cast. I don't Again, even freaking know. Out. It's already stupid busted. There's no balance to that. There's none. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then, <laughs> and then two episodes. Two. I was about to say episodes. Two levels later, at twenty, you get unlimited uses of wild yeah. shapes. You go from. 19 levels of only being able to do it twice to unlimited and the reason and going back to what i was talking about from that game we played earlier it's so broken is that when you're in wild shape you have another health bar 
So you you take the creature's health bar, and as soon as it gets knocked down to zero, you then go back to your form at the health you were at when you transformed, unless anything carries over. So, at level 20, granted it's cap, but still, when you have an unlimited number of wild shapes, you have an unlimited number of health bars. And as long as you have your bonus action... Like, you can even save turn to be like, I turn into this if someone attacks me. Well, luckily, like, I was just about to comment on that. Luckily, it's not a bonus action. It is your oh, full, full action. action. It is full That's action right. to turn into wild shape. Because if it was a bonus action... Oh to... my god. It's a it's a bonus action for Circle of the Moon. That's right. It's the on, That's the only reason. That's why Circle, of, Circle the of the Moon... We'll get so into this later. Busted. Yeah, Circle of the Moon is the most busted because it makes your wild shape better. And wild shape is arguably the most busted thing about this class. <laughs> Oh yeah, Drew and I talked about it before you hopped on, but we I knew if all of us chose Circle of the Moon, it'd just be a, a bland episode, so Drew and I just picked fun I, ones. I don't even know what to say. I haven't been speaking for the last, like, minute, because I'm just blown away. It is a bonus action. What the hell is going on at Wizards of the Coast, man? This it's is not okay, bro! Of the moon for the moon. Oh my gosh, they man. Get See, us. Oh, dude. I'm, I'm questioning why I play this game now. I'm jumping ahead. I'm gonna jump ahead here. Obviously, oh, you both man. have said. Obviously, you both have said that subclasses you picked weren't Moon. I picked Moon because I'm just purely going off the profile that I built for the Druid that I played. Oh, oh, I, did too. I did Circle of Stars. So I did Moon. So I did Moon because my character's name was. Uh, is, we'll get into it later. But I played this character, did Circle of the Moon. Oh, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, comple- I'm completely Blake Slated over here because it's a motherfucking <sighs> bonus action, bro. <laughs> Drew's d- just oh, done. I'm he heated, man. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. I'm back, we're back, we're back. So, when a druid gets wild shape at second level, they get two uses and it takes up their action, meaning they can't attack or do anything else. If you take Circle of the Moon as your subclass, that becomes a bonus action, which means at the start of a fight, I can say, hey, I'm going to transform, and then and as the bear I just turned into, I can then fuck up whoever it is. I'm going to eat Boom, your face at the beginning off. Of it. Yeah. So a level 20 wild-shaped druid constantly has bonus actions. It technically has unlimited health bars. Yeah. Anyways, wild shape's pretty dope, because on top of me turning it into a bonus action, which that in and of itself is the reason Circle of the Moon is the best subclass, in my opinion, and why everyone always takes it, um, on top of that, you get at six level all of your strikes turn magical for the sake of overcoming oh resistance. You're just a magical thing, and on top of that, you so wild shape is kind of what's the word? Um, they like tear it out so it's not completely broken. So like at level two, when you first get it, you can't turn into things that fly, and you can't turn into like fish or things that swim to kind is of it like fish first or flying. First? Okay, okay. You can swim. You swim before you fly. Clarifying though, right. um, whenever someone says not completely followed by the word broken, it is always 100% broken. That is, yeah, so they, that, so they, that is just facts. So. so they tried So they tried to make it somewhat balanced. Emphasis on the word try, right? So <laughs> Three underscores. On, so your level determines the, the challenge rating or how tough or how good the thing is that you could turn into wild shape makes that better so a regular non-wild shape druid can only pick can only turn like a level three druid can only turn into things that are like one fourth challenge rating which is like the equivalent of like a house dog like a house pet yeah a wild shape level three druid 
can turn into like it's like challenge rating one just off dire the bat. Wolf, so they man. can turn into like a dire wolf and like bears just off the bat. They can turn into like I, I actually don't think they can swim and fly quicker. I think that's still stayed the same. Yeah. But like your the challenge rating goes up, so you're right off the bat already turning into better shapes than any other of the subclasses. And that's the whole spiel. That's why I pick Circle of the Moon. It was the character that I played. I have this was amazing. It was broken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just freaking go to the subclasses. I'm done talking about the main class of cleric. Uh, yeah, let's go back to cleric, man. Okay, druids. So going along, I've never played druids like I, I've said. I it is on my to-do list. I actually wrote a character out um, like a year ago. I have this character book uh, binder where whenever I get a new idea, I just write in it. Um, it's got like 40 characters in it. That I'll I'm never, not never the play. Only one that just has like a library of characters. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a creative outlet. Now I have the podcast. I don't write in it as much. Um, but the you one that have 40 characters on standby. <laughs> right. It's just if one dies here, let me roll the 40 the D100 and hope it lands on one of the characters I wrote out. Um, anyways, the circle I picked was Circle of the Shepherd, and I actually think this class is really busted and comparison to the circle of the moon this class is all right um so the circle of the shepherd is interesting because it's all about swarming abilities and the conjuration side of druids so what really drew drew it to me was um mighty summoner that they get at level six and um actually i should talk about level two what they get which is also super strong so spirit totem is what they get at level two and it's this magical totem which is not a creature nor is it an object it's somewhere in between so let that sink in it cannot really be dispelled because it's not either um and it can be any 60 feet with a point that you can see it lasts for a minute so six rounds and it emanates an aura that you choose there's bear hawk or unicorn and it gives you a certain amount of abilities. So like if it's bear, they get your all, everyone within the 60 foot aura. Um, this uh, bear gives them temporary hit points, five plus their druid level, so 25 at max level. Um, and hawk gives you advantage on attack rolls when you're in this area and advantage on perception checks. And unicorn gives you advantage on ability checks. Super strong because it affects everyone. There's not a lot of spells that buffs everyone in the in a vicinity of, of your of your person except for like clerics paladins um and some bards but this makes it really strong and gives them a lot of utility now the mighty summoner part of it creatures that you summon they get two extra hit points per hit die it has so it's like they have like uh d6 hit die you know they get two two extra hit points or six hit dies they get like two more and it's very strong because if they summon like summon woodland creatures i think it summons like four druids or dryads or whatever um they get a bunch of extra health making them a bunch of beefy and it's super annoying for dms to manage yeah to handle a bunch of extra things in their encounter um and it makes it actually super strong because they all follow right after your druid takes your turn so your druid casts a spell go in transform whatever do druid shit and then your uh summons yeah, also druid. follow up <laughs> <laughs> and then the summons comes in and does their stuff too and it just getting gets bigger and bigger and bigger as they go through they get faithful summons which is unreal i've never heard of any ability like this so when you die if you are reduced to reduced to zero hit points or are incapacitated against your will this is at 14th level you gain the ability to gain the benefits of country animals as if it were cast a ninth level spell slot 
It summons four beasts of your choice that have a challenge rating two or lower. The conjured beasts appear within 20 feet of you. They, if they receive no commands from you, they protect you and harm and attack your foes. The spell lasts for one hour, requiring no concentration or until you dismiss it, dismiss it as an action. So, even if you kill the druid, finally, and they are Circle of the Shepherd, it doesn't matter. There are four challenge rating two crocodiles surrounding you now, and they are going to beat the crap out of you because they're unconscious. Concentration doesn't matter anymore. They're still going to attack. That's so that's that's crazy. <laughs> and they get mighty they get mighty summoner on top of that, so their ma attacks are magical, and they get two extra hit points, making them incredibly beefy. Plus, yeah, whatever, whatever the rest of the druid crap they got going on around them too. So that's what I got. <laughs> Circle the I shepherd. I don't like that. I'm rounding it out. You got your guys was cool as shit. <laughs> well, finish it off, bro. All right, I'll get into it. I won't shy down. Um, I went with Circle of Stars, like I said, and I just thought it was kind of cool to play because in my head, when I play a druid, like I, I kind of like to be the more scholarly, like do the studying of like botanist, horticulturist, like being a little more academic about it. And you get a map, like that's the, the, the essence of your druid power. I mean, if that map disappears, you have to do a hour long ritual to summon it back. And there's like a bunch of different forms, but that doesn't really matter. You just kind of roll a D6, like it's your background cool, traits. Cool. But you get Guiding Bolt Cantrip at the second level. So when you first get it and you get to use uh, Guiding Bolt as many times equal to your proficiency bonus without being prepared or spending a spell slot. Dang, that's not bad. Like, yeah. And then there's yeah, no bad clerics or <laughs> Do Claire, you love clerics? Druid circles, <laughs> Druid. my gosh. <laughs> um, the, the ability that they have as well at second level is starry form. And starry form, kind of like how you pick Drew, you have three different ones you can choose every time you go into it. And it acts as your bonus action, but counts as a wild shape as well. Oh, interesting. So if you choose the archer, you get uh, one... Oh yeah, you get to shoot a luminous arrow on a hit. The attack deals a 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier, radiant damage. The chalice lets you restore his hit points within 30 feet, 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier. And then the dragon constellation, uh, if you make a intelligence or wisdom check or constitution saving throw to make maintain concentration if you treat a nine or lower on the d20 as a 10 so you'll you'll more than likely pass your your saving throw then the other cool thing was the cosmic omen and at the end of every long rest and i'll get into it when i talk about my character build the the busted part about it is you roll a d6 every time you take your long rest if it's even any creature within 30 feet of you you can give them a extra d6 roll to a attack roll saving throw or an ability check okay. and then you if you roll odd one you can do the exact opposite you can subtract six from a attack roll saving throw ability check on a creature within 30 feet nice so it just playing the numbers then 10th level twinkling constellations it just kind of beefs up the uh, starry form that you got and then 14th level you have full of stars when you just get an incorporeal form so you're resistant to bludgeon piercing slashing damage which pretty much most of the attacks you'll face so yeah <coughs> again strong. busted as fuck that's how it goes man um and so let's let's get into the characters that we decided to come up with what we would do um 
I mean, we've, we've covered every inch of this class, it feels like to me. I feel like we just focused on Wild Shape, but that's Druid to me, you know? They get, yeah. cool, they get cool spells. And I just have to say something. One last thing, and I'll move on. Okay? <laughs> one, one last thing. I don't know. I can't make any promises. Drew straightened up his tie. I, I can't see him, but I just felt like you straightened up your tie. When you I, I, I sat straight up. I was kind of reclining <laughs> in my chair. I sat straight up. No, no cap. Okay, so I just read Wild Shape again, and that's, that's chore in itself. <laughs> it is the longest thing in the player handbook which had six references to it it's so complicated anyways get this when you transform this is literally in the book i'm not making this up and this is this is crap okay you can't cast spells and use your ability to speak or take any action requires to hands is limited to the capabilities to be transform form transform whatever that word is makes sense i get that transforming doesn't break your concentration on a spell you've already cast. Yep, you can cast a what is that? Spell, spell and then go into an animal form and then your spell's just still cool. Let me paint a picture. You're in a you're in a forest. You're being chased by whatever cool thing your DM just came up with. You drop entangle or snare, whatever druid ish you got going on. And then you're like, okay, this is gonna hold them off. Guy, climb a trees. You transform into a gorilla. You get climbing speed. As the people chasing you are going through this bramble that you've summoned, you can just climb through the trees, go down there, slap them around a bit, climb back out, because you don't get any of this movement impairment stuff. And your concentration stays. What is this? What is this class? Best class ever. <sighs> I gotta play a druid, man. Just just, um, just to be un- untouchable. So needless to say, reading back on the last week's subject, like, read over this class before you play it for sure. I, I don't understand, man. I don't. But let's let's get into our classes. And since I've already kind of expressed my heat for it, let me let me tell you real quick what I came up with. That I actually think was pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so my character that I came up with, her name is Addison Joyweather. Okay, this is something that I came up with a couple like uh, a year ago or whatever. She's this is very much on cue, I think, with how typical druids are played. I'm not varying from the the norm whatsoever here. Um, she. She is a wood elf and lives in this small grove and has lived there for many a century. Okay, her and her family tend the herds in this forest. They repair any natural damages done to trees. She's very, very hippie and loves this little grove she's in. And one time she ventures out around her grove as she's done many a time before, just to like swim in ponds and whatnot. And she sees the most horrifying sight she's ever seen. The neighboring village has grown too big for its own riches and has moved into her territory and started cutting down trees. So she chases them off with, I don't know, some druid crap she's got going on, like some thorn whips going on, entangles, snares, whatever. Doesn't kill any of them. Avatar lately? I haven't. Not yet. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, this is... <laughs> um, and I, I'll have to say, I actually have never finished it. So, <laughs> um, but that, we could get into that in a minute. You could throw shade all you want at me after this. <laughs> um, but she doesn't kill any of them. She just kind of gets them away, and the whole village says there's a crazy witch who's protecting the trees. Don't go there. She ventures into town, first time in a civilized area, and has a discussion 
with the town saying you can't chop down our trees and they have a very cordial um, discussion and she starts to realize oh these people actually need trees they're not just being mean because they actually need this to survive they need to build houses and all this stuff so she sets up, up a permitting office where they're able to cut down three trees within the next amount of time and give the druids notice so they could cast plant growth and replace those trees in her grove so she goes her whole adventuring is that she realizes that the world isn't as she she grew up seeing that it's not just this nature loving community that things are actually be damaged to the world so she goes on this environmentalist journey to try to protect the wilds but uh, along the time she gets kind of lost in it because she's never experienced civilized areas before and it's full of wonder and new experiences that she kind of takes it all in and is kind of having this conflict like yes i need to protect the wilds because this is what i know about and there needs to be some kind of balance between the two but also i understand civilized people need these resources let me find a bridge in between and that's kind of the story i came up with for her for someone who doesn't like druids that was beautiful that's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, can, I can put away my personal feelings and make a good narrative. Thank you. Juan, since this is your favorite, would you like to cap it off and I'll go next? I mean, it's technically not my favorite, but okay. <laughs> what is your favorite? Clerics, bro. We just talked about this. Oh, that's it's definitely... Code, man. There's, there's three. There's three There's three classes that I am drawn to the most, that I've played the most, and it's Cleric, Druid, and Monk in that order. Actually, I would put Monk above Druid. But really, those are my three. Those are the three that I, uh, I those are the three that I've played the most. Uh, most of the other classes I haven't played at all, or like just only like a tiny bit. Most of my characters are one of those three. Well, shit. Nice. Those are solid anyways, classes. Next anyways, uh, yeah. So I, I, I won't have this much to say again until we get to monk. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky you. Mine's the last one, wizard. <laughs> <laughs> that episode, Colin and I won't even be here. <laughs> I'll just do it myself. <laughs> it's just the. I'll be here hour. for anecdotes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there at the very end to give you the, the pop culture wizard, which is going to be the hardest one to guess. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't know. Monk's got some solid ones, bro. I don't know how you're going to come up with that one. If, if you know me in any way, shape, or form, you already know who my monk is. I have somewhat yeah, of an can. idea. Close. Anyways, we'll find out when we get to that episode. It's totally it's Bruce Lee, dude. I don't even have to guess, man. <laughs> no, it's a character. It's not a person. It's a character. It's uh, always a character. Okay, always a character. It will always be a character from pop culture. Oh. I, know, I I think I know. Well, now I'm super disappointed that Samuel L. Jackson isn't going to be our fighter. So, <laughs> um, there's a so in if you've seen the Ted movies, yes, they reference Samuel L. Jackson by name. So there is a pop culture character named Samuel L. Jackson who is based off of the real life Samuel Jackson, <laughs> thanks to the movie Ted Heck and yeah. its sequel. Heck so yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, doesn't mean that he's off. You, that doesn't mean he's not an option. Sweet. Anyways. Carry on. Oh, that's all you want. Uh, I thought you wanted to go next. Or do you want me to go next? You go next. Okay. Well, I did flip, flop it on you. Okay. So, um, that was I fascinating to hear too. To hear. <laughs> I just, just lost my train of thought. Um, let me take a second to that... regain my composure. That's fine. <laughs> I apologize. That's fine. <laughs> um, we were talking about the characters we made. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Poor Juan and his Eddie. I'm fighting for my best. I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> it's okay. I am too. I'm fighting a different battle. A battle of not walking out of this freaking podcast and coming back when we talk about fighters next. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that next? Isn't that the next one? Yeah, that's the next one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Deep breaths. Okay. <laughs> what a wild ride this is! <laughs> oh, 
Colin, why don't okay. you go, bro? <laughs> do you need a minute one? I do, I think you should go. <laughs> like oh I said, druids are very naturistic, my man. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so... The druid that I made kind of follows along with what you did. I did a wood elf as well. Nice. It just makes sense. It like, does, you can, right? Obviously, you can do other races. Like, they come with perks. But to me, it's just like, I, I like to lean into the wood elf. Especially because I didn't realize this till going back over the class and race and everything. But they have a mask of the wild, which is a feat that lets you attempt to hide it even when you're only lightly obscured with like foliage, heavy rain, snow, mist, and other weather conditions that just kind of obscure the vision. Proficiency and perception, which definitely helps. Your fey ancestry gives you advantage on saving throws against being charmed among uh, like getting trance. And that's what I was gonna say when I was talking about uh, the long rest for the Circle of Stars. If you have uh, your L, you only have to do a short rest and you can do use your Cosmic Omen and have your plus six or minus six to creatures all the time, which is super helpful. Um, then the background that I went with was the Cloistered Scholar. And it kind of goes against the idea of, like, I know I said before, like, they're kind of the, not feral like a barbarian but they're just more one with the earth like we were talking about just they they understand how the world works by being one with the world yeah but they're just a quiet like horticulturist botanist you gain two proficiencies in history then your choice of arcana nature and religion which is super helpful you get two additional languages on top of your druidic speech which again like being able to speak that many languages is just helpful as shit for sure and the the class that i like like the build i went for is they were on the outskirts of town kind of the same thing you were talking about they saw the society breaching in but instead of fighting it they like kind of fully renounced being one of the world but remembered all the teachings and they stumble upon a party where they have to bring back like the balance of the world almost like the campaign we did with the elementals and the primordials yeah but they have to bring upon the balance again and like going back through relearning who they are like they kind of leave the scholarly life behind and go back into the being the person of the forest and that's just kind of the journey they go on yeah that's not bad dude that sounds nice maybe we should all play druids juan what do you <laughs> got for us that sounds yeah it sounds pretty cool i like i like druid they're they're good eggs yeah, i got eggs. so if y'all remember um i have i have this kick i still kind of have it i still do it I have hold this on i'm sorry I... i'm sorry i have to cut in if a druid is wild shape into the morning and is a hen can she <laughs> lay can she lay eggs to support the party for rations where 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 where, where do we stop with this do they Wait. do they need to worry about that because they can just take good berry instead oh my gosh Ooh, we never we we literally did not go over druid spells oh my gosh oh that's for a later episode and one of the we ones have... not good berry so they and could just live uh, drew right now do me a favor google what good berry i know what it can do <laughs> i i, I, I why, don't, why don't you read it in class okay everyone listen to my clickety clacks literally clickety clacks <laughs> my mechanical keyboard okay um good berry to just get me all riled up first level one action touch of course all the certain components doesn't matter how you do it transmute transmutation for sure whatever healing effect up to 10 berries appear in your hand and are infused with magic for the duration 
just 24 hours. Of course, why wouldn't it be? A creature could use its action to eat one berry. Eating a berry restores one hit point, and the berries provide enough nourishment to sustain a creature for one day. <laughs> Damn. The, these berries lose their potency if they have not been consumed in 24 hours. What's the big deal? Just use another, literally the weakest one spell. Let's, 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 let's read some of the comments. Never mind, they're they're dumb. How big are these berries? <laughs> <laughs> How big are your berries? Oh, man. Yeah, so good berries, uh, awesome class, and they'll just keep you class, whatever, character spell. support spell. <laughs> Thank you. Um, because, yeah. You can create ten berries with Just a single for spell. An entire day. So, and the rules in five e, you don't go into negatives like three point five because it was super balanced. Um, yeah. If as soon as you fall over and you get reduced to zero, you don't go past that. You take death saving throws. The lovely druid can disperse these berries amongst the group and say, "Hey, if anyone falls down, just flick a blueberry down in their throat, and they'll stand right blueberry. back up." And it's like a sense of bean. And they'll just pop right back up to one health, and they are no longer unconscious, so. Plus, they can sustain for one health. Here, dude, take a raspberry. You're good. You don't need to eat anything. It doesn't matter if we're traveling through the freaking deserts. I got you. Or the tundra. Wild. Go ahead, tell us about your character, bro. You got me right in the mood for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me, let me paint you a little picture. So I want to hear it. I want to hear it. So we're sitting there. We're playing our Princess of the Apocalypse campaign that Drew so masterfully crafted. Thank you. Where I just finished wrapping up like a year and a half of playing D, the, yeah. the, 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 the cleric, the deaf cleric, right? Yeah. And Drew's like, we're going to play something a little different. Um, we're going to run a city. You guys are going to be city advisors. God, I remember that. It was with. fun. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what would be cooler than someone who is in charge of like fuck like not architecture but like it was city planning yeah like <laughs> what would be cool if someone who's like on the city council like a high council the head of the city planning committee was a druid and so like they were this sounds so boring kind of but it's like <laughs> i he he's very aware of zoning laws and everything because it's very much about like the feng shui of what the city looks like while also still like very much playing up like the natural parts of the city that's literally what this idea was based off of and so i had this thing where and i still have it i do this all the fucking time where i just give my characters japanese names that are inside jokes to myself it's, it's true I'm the only that, one that's all he Japanese. does d, d <laughs> was the d was the closest one we got to outside of japanese <laughs> yeah d, d was the exception um because it was just death it wasn't as creative um, but anyway, so I named, so this is my druid that I named, his name was Tenen Boke. Yeah. And that translates to airhead or dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that is the exact translation, but it's the poor it episode like, when you got your ass, like, knock silly and all you could say was your name. <laughs> in, yeah, you got hit with, like, enfeeblement or something. <laughs> yeah, and I, I could just, I just kept calling myself dumbass over and over again. Well, it's not dumbass. So it literally just means, like, airhead. So it's literally, like, natural, like, natural head well hold on where's my which my dictionary we're gonna we're gonna pull this up that's fine i'll give dude. you the exact translation into english and while he's doing that let's <laughs> just say how fun of a dm i am i freaking made you guys <laughs> let me just flex no i'm not i'm being sarcastic here yeah you're the city planner bro <laughs> let's talk about zoning laws <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> Listen, oh. if, I know we bring it up like every week, but if Dimension Twenty can do like a whole two-season campaign on if John Hughes did a D D and D story, we can do z city zoning laws. <laughs> it's our kink. 
Don't shame. Uh, I remember one part of that session where someone came to Ted and Boke, uh, Juan's character, and was like, hey, we're, we're kind of having this population problem. We need to build more homes over in this quadrant. And the city is like, uh, no, we can't do that. It's too close to the farmlands. It'll, it'll cause some problems. Up and well. and it'll be, they'll be downhill. They'll have mo uh, mold problems like hell. And I was like, he's like, oh, so where should we put them? Nah, we'll stick them outside the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. I'm just like the steps he took I, I to get there. The steps he took to get there was just like, yeah, this is totally logical. And I'm like, man, Watts killing it in the city planning job. <laughs> Listen, the idea behind it was amazing. The research was non-existent. So, uh, anyway, so I looked it up. So yeah, so it's ten and bouquet. That tra not uh, literally translates to natural airhead or person person prone to making silly mistakes. <laughs> Which actually kind of fit the fact I that I named him that. Um, <laughs> so, his whole thing was he came from a faraway land, um, was a, I don't remember if he was full elf or half elf, had some elf in there, um, essentially was in a relationship with someone that he shouldn't have been, and then he was banished from, he was sent out into exile into the woods from the some official who was like, hey, I don't like that you've been seeing this person you go out there he lives in the woods for like a hundred years and is like you know what fuck nature <laughs> not necessarily fuck nature he's like i'm getting bored of this like hermit life decides to wander after just hanging out in the woods for a hundred years and becoming a druid decides to then wander and gets found by the city and they're like hey do you want to be our city planner <laughs> also i just love the breaking of the stereotype to being like a ditzy dumb elf yeah like i it was essentially it was the most human elf i've ever like the, the, essentially yeah the most human elf and he was just like i'm tired of nature was alone for a hundred years so i gave him the hermit background and he was just like his bond but also his flaw was that he loved like uh like what was the phrasing of it he he loved the uh like he loved to drink, loved to gamble, like loved to go to whorehouses, just like loved like all these like earthly attachments that you would not have in the woods. But then like whenever he had to like get serious would be like, oh no, like I'm a druid, hell yeah nature. But if he didn't have to be like that, he was just like, yeah, let's get drunk and like get some bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the people in the tavern going crazy. Is he coming? He's coming. Walks through the door. The city planner's here. Let's get lit. <laughs> yeah, the city planner got everyone lit. He was constantly using druid craft and whatever cantrips he had to just constantly make the party go it was hilarious i think i had a stripper pole in my in my treehouse <laughs> it was a whole thing uh but yeah, that's a whole thing it was a whole thing um i think at one point one of the villains broke into my house and i thought it was like a call girl that he had forgot to call that he had forgot he had forgotten he had called <laughs> and so i was just flirting with drew the whole time until it, at one point i even got tied up and i was just like i don't remember paying for this <laughs> you're like ouch, suddenly i feel ouch, like that's I'm a little tight but i'll, I'll be to it <laughs> yeah, right but yeah so that was tenon was a lot of fun um yeah he was a hermit lived in the yeah long story short lived in the woods for a hundred years decided fuck that moved into a city became the city planner to still keep up his druid stuff <laughs> and then was just constantly he was essentially my bard without me playing a bard yeah i like it i like that description of it and and you then know... i went i went circle of the moon because i was like it makes sense that you know he didn't have any contact with any other human being other than animals and so i was like that would make sense that he would be this op shapeshifter um and really good with uh like 
animal shape and stuff and so that's where circle of the moon came in and that's what he played yeah and i think he spent most of the time as a giant spider yeah he was did. either i was always switching between dire wolf and giant spider those are the two he was constantly turning into yeah. don't know I why mean, giant it's spiders are just scary i'm ron weasley when it comes to giant spiders dude bro yes i hate spiders they scare me well yeah, that was uh... i don't i don't i'm not scared of spiders as much as i hate spiders sorry Juan. they're good <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, but there's. I mean, you don't have to play it. I mean, you don't have to deal with them anymore. We haven't played them in years. We wrapped them up. But yeah, that was uh, the druid that I made. Yeah, and uh, it, I might bust him back out. He was fun. Yeah, he was fun. And what was cool about that is I actually, I was trying to do is kind of a lot of overhead, but I wanted to tie the two stories together. It's so like what well, during and, the Prince oh of the Apocalypse campaign, we had uh, where D was going on. Um, once that all kind of wrapped up and they calmed down all the elementals, there was still like this little plot I had set into place where I needed to connect the two groups. So like I had them play this other group with Ten and Boca and Colin had a character and one of our other buddies had a character as well. I think that was... It wasn't scroll, but it was one of the S ones. Yeah, it was your fighter or barbarian yeah. or something. Anyway, so they actually the two parties meet up at one point in time, and so like both player has two characters, and um, it was cool because in the ending of the whole campaign, um, Juan was like. D is going to take Ten and Bokeh back to his village where he was exiled and help him get his rival out of town, essentially. So his two characters ended the campaign together, solving another problem. And it would be very cool to go in and address that side story. <laughs> it would be fun. Um, so maybe in the future we could touch on that. But Did I make them know each other beforehand? You did. Yes. Yeah, they were both. Yes, I did. They knew each other. Yeah. Yes, that was the... I. I think Tenon was the one of the most elaborate backstory I'd ever come up with. Yes. Ever. And it was, I tied it in where his rival, I'm pretty sure he castrated him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty sure that happened. Pretty sure he was a eunuch. And he was that's left why to you die. Like, in, fuck, fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's why he just like liked going to shows, but he, that's, but he never had call girls. Yeah, that's what happened. But yeah, so he, yeah, so his rifle tortured him, left him to die. Um, and then D showed up and was like, hey, this actually isn't your time. You're destined to go do some greater things. Set him up and was just like, all right, hang out in the woods. And then never came back. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was busy with some other, he was busy doing, uh, you know, saving the world from the elemental apocalypse. Yeah. And whatnot. And then when they got back together again, I remember D felt bad. And he was like, no, I saved you for a reason. You've now fulfilled that reason. Let me take you back to your old life. And so, yeah, that's where it ended off was they were going to go kill the, uh, the rival uh he, the rival who had become this corrupt king is i think where i set it up was yeah, yeah he was just very bad and so Tenon was gonna go back kind of like lion king but instead of timon and pumbaa he had the, the literal horseman of death who, who could turn into a died. white dragon so who <laughs> <laughs> could turn into a white dragon super yeah. cool super cool uh so i like... just have to commend both of us the juan and i having to play four characters in total <laughs> watching the other person in the party who was just the beat em up person it's just like what do your your two characters do they're like they just sit in the background and wait for stuff to pop yeah, off yeah yeah well, one of them got married and fucked yeah <laughs> that's true that's, that's true. true yeah they had a kid yeah they did and yeah 
that he everyone's got the murder hobo of the group that was our murder hobo he sat back oh, was on his phone ordered doordash waited for action to happen came back into it um but we we love it non nonetheless um so like, that, like you said everyone needs a murder hobo sorry yeah, to cut that's you right off for no time. no worries i love to be cut off that's why i like <laughs> that's why i like having druids in my group because they cut off all my big ideas um so oh my god talking about our famous druid before i pass it over to wanathan to end us with the coolest part of our show um this guy the only reason i picked him is because of his name his name is pikel boulder shoulder can't get better than that honestly he's a dwarf he's a druid um he actually had statistics in second edition ruling he was a level four druid level nine fighter so level 13 total his alignment's neutral he's uh reminds me of one of our friends who used to play with us <laughs> so pikel had a dyed green beard with a part in the middle so it was like white down the center with dark green on either sides um he wore his beard tucked behind his ears and connected to his braid in the back of his, his braid in the back of his head so everything was like one fluid hairpiece around his whole head um he wore sandals instead of traditional boots for dwarves and a long green robes this is why i think he's my spirit animal honestly so pakel wore his cooking <laughs> pot on his helm in times of combat just put on a cookie pot and uh his weapon of choice was a massive club which he called shalala uh which is actually the druid um enchanted wooden club called the shalaya but he called the shalala um and the club was referred to by his brother as his tree take that as you will um Pikel had the ability to talk to animals as all druids do uh, but he was difficult being understood by sentient races as he didn't really want to formulate words he kind of reminds me of a very powerful version of kevin from the office um so whenever he'd throw his fist up into the air he said ooh, ooh i his brother automatically knew like let's go do some shit whatever but no one else really understood what he meant and he lived very much like with throwing arms around each other like showing camaraderie through that instead of a verbal sentence um he shows up in the drist series i don't know when i'm still in book two um but he does show up there even though he's a very simple guy he's referred to as a very powerful druid and he actually meets the god uh Mikeli? Maliki, something like that. It's a dwarven god, and yeah. He, and how could you mess up D and D names? I know, and like he's um, uh, the god himself. Like said, he had a very profound understanding of the universe, even more so than than some wizards who studied um, the whole universe connection um, their whole lives um, and understood how everything kind of worked in the world. Um, he. His brother's name was Ivan Shoulder Boulder, which I guess is pretty important because it shows up quite a bit in his description. Um, and he would always say me brother to him. Then <laughs> if any of you guys have played with that campaign or one of our friends popped in, uh, he would always say me brother, me brother all the time. And that kind of reminds me of him. Um, but... It, that he was very powerful he shows up in a couple of certain situations as being very intelligent where he floods the city with poisonous gas um i don't know how he gets it but he's a druid so he could just probably pull he it probably out probably had nowhere. a lot of potatoes <laughs> there that <laughs> true true um, had a lot of mexican food but he's he's very powerful and he's gotten a lot of renown as just being this wandering sage who just is literally the secret to untapping the universe but he doesn't really care you know he's not very understood by sentient beings he pops up a lot in like i call i think of it as like the gandalf factor like when all else fails this dude with the cooking pot on top of his head shows up and floods the city with gas <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's our druid for the week i i'm sure there was more famous one but hey how could i turn down 
could kill Boulder Shoulder for some bad A druid, right? But you turned down the guy that broke three sanctions of the Geneva Convention. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Especially when he has a cookie paw on his head and goes sha la la as he hits people with a big club. So. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I just Amazing. picture the thing from Buster Scruggs. Pan shot. <laughs> Very, very fun uh, character. It would be cool to like introduce him in your campaign, just maybe wandering around with a big stick. Um, Every yeah. <laughs> main story side quest. <laughs> with a big stick, God, I guess. He's just, Ra he's just Radagast the Brown. Yeah, true, true. Or Tom Bombadil with less or of intelligence. Or <laughs> um, Anyways, that's who we chose for... I chose. This is my part. Suck it, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Druids have got Everyone me all riled up. <laughs> uh, this is the Druid that we chose for this week, and I'm gonna kick it on over to Juan to tell us about. Druids just make Drew just act right on up. He's... <laughs> All right, I, I used to call it. Drewish in high school. I didn't like that. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I still, I, I'm still of the opinion that we should have named our podcast Dungeons and Drews. And I, I will, will die on the hill. I will forever be against it. <laughs> the... <laughs> I'll even, I'll even change. I'll, I'll settle for like music. <laughs> for Dungeons and Druids, but then the spelling has to have the word Drew. No. <laughs> and then, like, hyphen id. Forever no. <laughs> for, forever, ever no. Never nah. <laughs> That's maybe another Anyways. reason I could never play a Druid. It'd be, I'm Drew the Druid. No! <laughs> if you were, I'm gonna make a Druid and name it Drew now. Give him Drew, Drew the Druid. Drew, Drew the Druid who Druids. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, who do you guys uh, think the uh, the pop culture druid is? Hmm, this is a tough one. Yeah, and so one. you do characters, not actors. Yeah, so it's a pop culture. I won't do an actor. Interesting. I'm gonna the go with who you Samuel Jackson. Thank you. What was that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with who you mentioned. The pop. If it's someone I've referenced throughout the podcast, it is not the the character. Oh, you're sneaky bitch. Okay. I'm gonna guess. I'm going out on a limb here. Rafriki from Lion King. I'm not gonna lie, that w I did think about that one for I a while. I am so freaking that didn't even close, cross my dude. Mind. That was beautiful. that was that was my first that was my first choice, I, and then I thought of someone a little better. I'm so close every time. I'm gonna get there, man. I am gonna get You're, there. You've There'll gotten really close. Okay. I think Drew. I think Colin already knows the the monk one, but we'll worry about that episode when we get there. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, as soon as you said character, not actor, I was like, oh. All right. Who do you think? So, all right, so Drew's guess was Rafiki. Who's yours? Oh, I said I thought you had Radagast. But he said no. Oh, Radagast? Oh, but it, yeah. I'll give you I, one more. I'll give you one more. Cause I, okay, I, one I, more? I, I didn't explain the rules. The rules are it's it's an, it's an a character in pop, pop culture, and it's I will never Not reference by okay. name uh, throughout the episode. The, uh, this is on a limb as well. The Avatar? Ooh, I didn't even think about that one. That would have been a good choice. No, the character I went with was the Lorax. Hey, I am the speaker <laughs> for the trees. <laughs> yeah, the, he's, the Lorax speaks for the trees. Oh my god. Oh, bro. Yeah, my inner child Lorax just got so happy. Yeah, the Lorax, right? Do you understand why I almost went with Rafiki and then I yeah. remember oh, yeah. Lorax? Yes, that is so much better. Oh, yeah, I, he literally speaks for the trees. Yes, he literally tries to boot a man out of town because he's 
messing with the trees. <clears throat> oh, oh, also, I, will, I, will. I just gotta say one thing on this since you brought it up, and it'll be stuck in my head for the rest of the day just because you said Lorax. That soundtrack is fire, okay? The, <laughs> the how bad it's I can be. One of those albums. With... It's among one of those albums where it's like you didn't need to go that hard. <laughs> when he, when they're talking, he's like, "How bad can I be? I'm just growing the economy." I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> And Ed, Ed Helms does a great job in that show, and I think Taylor Swift's in it too. Like and Zac Efron. Yeah, there you go. You know, and Betty White. What a, what, what a cast, man. Anyways, go ahead. Keep telling us about the R.I.P. Betty White. Um, I was gonna say on that note, uh, did you guys ever watch the the DreamWorks Grinch, the soundtrack for that one? Oh, fucking Tyler the Creator, dude. Tyler the fucking Creator yes. popped the fuck off when yes, he made he that did. soundtrack. Yes, he His did. His song "I Am the Grinch" when yeah. you think he's gonna say fuck and then he doesn't, he stops and says, "Wait a minute, that is that is lit." Wh- he didn't need to do that. Anyways, yeah. So the real reason I went with the Lorax was was one of my favorite. I don't know if I know Colin is. I don't know if you are, Drew. One of my favorite TikTok audios that I every time I think about it, I bust up was this random guy sitting sitting in a car yelling at the top of his lungs, and he goes, "I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees, and for some fucking reason, they're speaking Vietnamese." And he's got fucking <laughs> um, what what song is it that they play? It's a it's a Creedence Clearwater Revival song that's playing in the background. Oh gosh, someone, the one about Nam. <laughs> someone, yeah. someone said that to me when you find out. I'm not on TikTok because I'm an old man, but yeah, oh, it's, it's really son. funny. Fortunate son. <laughs> yeah, it's fortunate son's playing in the background, and he's just like, "I am the Lorax, and I speak for the trees, and for some fucking reason, they're speaking Vietnamese." Yeah, <laughs> 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 Oh I man! Yeah, for getting so, flagged, but <laughs> so uh, that's the that's the character of the week is uh, the Loriax. Wow! Way to end strong, man. I feel a little less heat towards the druids because of the Lorax. I appreciate. Dude, it. Way to end on a note. Way to end on a note. You made you can't hate druids, druids when you remember the Lorax. That's true. I can't hate druids. All I gotta think about is that orange orange dude. So. <laughs> it'll just put a smile on my face an amazing amazing mustache too. amazing for a man who will be baby faced for the rest of his life i can respect <laughs> that mustache i can't <laughs> so well everyone i hope you enjoyed the latest episode of beyond the board as always uh check us out on the social media platforms i'm not that guy i don't know what they are I- call and tell us what they are uh instagram is beyond the board 801 and then twitter is beyond the board 8 there you go. Check us out there if you want to inter- interact with us. Please leave us a review. Good, bad, it's all helpful. That's what it's there for. And yeah, we've had such a good time doing this, and we'll catch you guys next week for Fighters. We love y'all. Have a good rest of your week. Juan, you got any message for the people? The Lorax that I speak for the trees. <laughs> <laughs> they speak Vietnamese. <laughs>